Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That with me, Josh Hallam. And me, Alice Oliver. This is the podcast where we talk about films that we think are underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. We're also going to get stuck into some classic films that one of us maybe hasn't seen and maybe throw in some great guests along the way. So we start with a random question as we do every week. Alice, what was the first album you ever bought? Hmm, what was the first album I ever bought? Uh, so there's two There's two that I'm torn between. I can't quite remember which one came first, but it was either the Heathcliff soundtrack or Britney Spears' first album, which I think was called One More Time, possibly. <laughs> I, I don't know what the album was called. I just would know songs off it, I think. Is it a classic? What's the Heathcliff soundtrack? What's that? So, have you heard of Heathcliff, the musical? No. Is it something to do with with Wuthering Heights? It's exactly that, but in musical form. So, Cliff Richard, it's it's Cliff Richard. I think he sort of had a hand in in making it, and um, he starred in the the sort of filmed production of it that, you know, made it Uh. onto the air. And we had it when we were younger. My mum obviously had the video of it and we used to watch it. I thought it was amazing. I used to love Cliff Richard when I was a kid. Big fan. Um, and so I was like, oh, what a, you know, I want to hear the songs all the time or whatever. So I think I ended up buying the album. Yeah, it was either that or Britney. It was that or Britney. Right, what about you? Um, the first album I bought. For the, for, the, for the teenagers listening, an album used to come in the form of a compact disc in a case. And you had to go yeah. to the shop and buy it with money <laughs> rather than Don't streaming forget it. About, about the humble cassette as well. Did yeah. you have albums on cassette? Um, I, 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 I have a vivid memory of like driving around with my mum listening to By Request, which was, which was Boyzone's greatest hits on tape. Oh, yeah. Awesome. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I never bought that. <laughs> although <laughs> okay. although it's got some, it has got sure. some bangers. I think the first album... I ever bought for myself was Hybrid Theory, possibly by Linkin Park, or, oh, yeah. or, Kill, oh, or nice. you know what, remember um, All Killer No Filler by Sum 41 as well. I think yeah. I bought them at yeah. the same time. I, I was quite late in, like, the, fir- the first albums I was bought, like, I was always bought, like you say, like, poppy stuff. And and, and um, I remember getting um, 
the pop the pop stars here says single. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I got that bought. Simple, yeah. hey, that and one, yeah. Simpler times. <laughs> So this week's film is 40 Days and 40 Nights, starring uh, the lovely Josh Hartnett, and it's from 2002, I think. So uh, spoilers for that. Um, Alice, give us a general uh, give us a general synopsis on why did you pick it? So the film is about a young man called Matt, played by Josh Hartnett, and after a sort of a messy breakup with an ex-girlfriend of his, Nicole, uh, he sort of goes on a bit of a bit of a sex rampage really like he's just shagging sort of any girl anytime and it's really making him feel awful inside so he thinks okay what can I do to sort of try and heal from this and so Lent is coming up so he decides to give up sex all form of sexual contact and even masturbation for the 40 days of Lent to see if it can bring him you know peace or kind of help him find himself or whatever uh, so the film is following his journey through that, really, and how the people in his life respond to it. The reason I picked it was because it was another one that I hadn't seen for years and years and years. Like, I remember seeing it as a teenager, sort of maybe 14, 15, and thinking it was great. And me and my friend Gwen really fancied Josh Hartnett. So we were like, yeah, we love this film. It's great. It's funny. Um, and I feel like it's not always brought up when you do talk about that kind of those rom-coms and the, those kind of films from that era. Um, and obviously you don't really see kind of Josh Hartnett as much anymore either. So I thought, well, I'll go back, watch it again and kind of see if the ideas and the kind of thoughts that I had it about it previously were still present. Uh, Josh, had you seen this one? N- uh, n- not, not all the way through. And that doesn't mean I didn't like, like walk out of the cinema or something. <laughs> so it, my recollection of, of this film is that it like for a while... Was was it always on telly? Was it like you know, like Back to the Futures or or, or and stuff like that's always on like ITV two or Liar Liars always on ITV? I feel like this is one of those films that always used to be on telly. And if I it didn't, remember Along Came Polly as well. Was yeah, one. that was always on there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. So I had seen lots of it long time ago. Probably, I, I didn't see it at the cinema or I didn't see. I get it on DVD or anything like that. So probably, probably like 10 years ago, I probably saw maybe an hour of it, something like that. So I did suspect when you picked this that um, it was kind of going to be an exercise in seeing how the film might have aged. So let's get stuck into it then. I think, I think it's, it's safe to say that there are some kind of quite troubling elements of the film in terms of how it's aged. Okay. But... So it's, it's certainly, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get stuck into them shortly. But how did you feel watching it again? It was definitely a different experience. And, uh, you know, I think that's definitely a good thing because it shows that I've matured and that I do look at the world in a very different way, which is, you know, you don't want to be in the same mindset as you were when you were 14, when you're, you know, a 31-year-old woman. Um, but there were there were some things that I liked about it, I think, filmically we'll talk about those first so the opening sequence I enjoyed I feel like I always talk about the opening sequence but I feel like that's when I'm really watching a film the most it's like how does this start how is this bringing me into the story so they use obviously a lot of home videos and stuff to kind of really establish the relationship between Matt and Nicole you know they were very lovey-dovey uh sort of very 
there's lots of sexual energy between them, like they were always kissing. And you kind of see, you're watching these videos and you're watching them through the eyes of Matt, who's like sitting in a Starbucks or whatever, or sitting in a coffee shop, just watching, watching these old videos, tormenting himself. Um, so you kind of, you get that sort of world building, relationship building there. And you also really get sort of the impression that Matt's character is quite obsessive because of the way that he's, so the way he's just sitting there watching the videos, but then also in one of them, he's sort of coming into the bathroom recording while she's getting ready to go out and she's clearly really pissed off at him and she's like why have you got to do this like we'll talk about this later and you kind of see the demise of the relationship in those videos uh, so I thought that was interesting and a nice way to start the other thing that I did like about it I like I like the idea of abstinence as a theme I like that that was one of the main motivations of the film because obviously usually these films are about you know, men wanting to get laid and it's kind of all sexually charged and the end goal is to have sex. But with this, it was more, you know, it's about going away from those things and taking a step back. So I thought that the theme was good, whether or not it was executed in a great way. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss that later. Um, I liked that. So I did like the Matt and his brother dynamic. You know, his brother is the priest and that sort of opens a lot of doors for comedy because you get that back and forth between them. And it's like, he's kind of just as messed up as Matt is as well, but he's just trying to hide it, you know, by being a priest and being in church. What did you think of that dynamic between the two of them? I, I thought it was good. It was, it was interesting. It's not something that you, you, you never really see priests portrayed as, as young characters, really, because he's, he's, he's a priest in training, isn't he? And he, and he, yeah, it's it's um it's an interesting dynamic. The, the Lent aspect of it is interesting because it's not quite often if a character is is a Christian or or has a has a religion, that's a, a a big part of the story. If you look at like this sort of thing, or if you look at I don't know something like East East or you know the the culture and the religion around the religion is a big big part of it. But in this, I don't even know if he is a Christian. Josh Hartner's character, obviously the priest is, um, but he. But he still partakes in, in Lent, so I liked that dynamic. It, it's not something that you, I've, you see that much of, and I thought it was interesting to have him, have his brother there to be kind of his moral compass, if you like, or is 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 kind of a crutch for him to lean on whilst he's going through this thing. I think come back to something you said earlier that I, I completely agree with, which is there's a concept here. There's a, there's, a, there's a real concept. You can see where this film came from. If you look at the time and you had your other kind of comedies where sex is a huge part of it, like American Pie and Road Trip and all those sorts of films, they've obviously looked at that idea and thought, well, what about comedy about not having sex rather than a comedy about trying to have sex? I think the concept of that is really interesting. And there's definitely a, a real nugget of something that could be a brilliant comedy in there but but the the execution i do think there's a bit of an, of an issue there and in in the way that it's aged so i liked that and i also liked i really like josh hartner's performance mm -hmm. i think he really kind of it, it, a lot of the characters are quite one-dimensional and one note and don't really have a lot to do whereas he he does have a lot to do. Like the, the, it's one of these films where he's in pretty much every scene. 
a lot of it's riding on his shoulders and he's very young. He's like, I think he's about 23 or 24. Mm-hmm. And he does give a very convincing performance. He is very good in it. The acting is good. Even though, even though some of the script is quite weak as well, he really does do a good job of it. And you get to see a lot of Matt really struggling with his mental health. Like when he's, so when he's having sex with these girls, you get a bit of a montage and the, he always pictures the ceiling sort of cracking and like caving in towards him. And then he goes to his brother and he says like, I'm fucked up. But, and because he was so convincing, all that felt very real. And then at some points it kind of felt really out of place and not in keeping with the rest of the film. So I wonder if maybe he he's kind of, better than the film i don't know that's an interesting i think that's a great i think that's a good point he is one of the things i thought whilst i was watching it was in a with a lesser actor with a a person with less charisma and less star power if you like the film could have been an absolute car crash because the fact is that it's really important that he's likable and he is really likable he's probably the best thing in the film um, it's funny. I don't really know that much about Josh Hartnett. I um, he obviously was he was like huge, wasn't he? For about five years, he did like this and Black Hawk Down and um, Pearl Harbor. So yeah, it's interesting that he's kind of um, he, he kind of doesn't do much acting anymore. He certainly doesn't seem to be taking on roles that would um, make him famous. I guess, and I think that's a choice. I think he kind of didn't like the fame element of being an actor, which obviously. Fortunately, very much comes with the territory if you want to be a Hollywood leading man. Let's talk about how the films age and let's talk about the script because there's obviously some issues there. So what did you think in terms of how it had aged from from when you were watching it then and when you're watching it now? So I don't feel like it has aged very well. Uh, All the characters pretty much are awful like just really not great people. You've got Matt's work colleagues who are essentially betting on his misery and trying to make money off that. To be fair, it is thousands and thousands of dollars and I imagine they could all use it. But the way they treat him and, you know, his female colleagues in particular who are trying to seduce him and really, really putting this pressure on him, just awful. That was full on sexual harassment in the workplace. So obviously I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that. So I did remember that it dealt with the idea of male rape. And I was interested as well to go back and see and just sort of revisit how that was handled. Uh, But that was handled really poorly as well, because it is just shirked off immediately after it happens. And when Erica, who is Matt's real love interest, understands what's happened and sort of sees what happens, she kind of runs off in a huff. But he was, you know, he was clearly vulnerable. Like he was handcuffed. He was delusional. He was essentially asleep when Nicole got on him. So I was definitely interested to go back and see how they handled that. And I was disappointed, I feel, with that. How, yeah. how did you feel watching that scene? There's no easy way around it. It kind of finishes with him getting raped. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, yeah, it is. It's, 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 a, it's, very, it's a very strange turn in the film. So basically, if you haven't seen it, he lasts 39 days without having sex and then asks his flatmate, to handcuff him to the bed so he can last the last day. And then at the stroke of midnight or whatever, his, his love interest is going to come round and they're going to consummate their relationship, shall we say. However, in the meantime, his ex-girlfriend, who's kind of the villain of the film, 
has learned about the bet and decides to take matters into her own hands and stop him from winning and doing so, I guess, win a load of money for herself. So what she does is she basically comes around knowing he's handcuffed and asleep and forcibly has sex with him. So, And it's just kind of battered off. Like, it's never really dealt with. Like you say, Erica, his love interest, sees his ex leaving the flat and goes off in a huff. And it's like, and then no justice is done. I mean, when I was reading about the film, apparently it did come in for a little bit of criticism for that because it shows a rape scene and it just there's no justice done to for, the, for that. Um, obviously, I know there's terrible incidents in everyday life where men, women are raped and things aren't done, but you kind of think in a light-hearted comedy, it's a bit of a weird turn. That's the culmination of a lot of really strange writing. Like you say, the... The characters are all really one-dimensional and really, apart from, I'd say, Josh Hartner and Shannon Sossaman, who is Erica, the female love interest and lead, uh, female lead, all the characters are really unlikable. Like, they're just, yeah. like, like, they're just like, it's, it's flatmate's just a dick. Yeah, just, all it, of them. Flatmate, the colleagues, his boss, his yeah. parents. His parents obviously aren't awful, but they're... They make you very uncomfortable because obviously they're talking about all the sex positions they can and can't do because of his dad's hip operation. Which but is such a strange it, scene. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. put in there. It's it's you know it's just put in there because he can't have sex. But why? I mean, you know, pe- people's parents have sex. That's literally how we're all here. But why did they put that scene in the film where his dad's just talking about what sex positions he can do with their mum? Like that's not in no world would the two sons go. Oh, you know, I'll just sit here and listen to this. Like. You just go, we'll stop. Can you stop talking about how you and my mum like have sex? Yeah, <laughs> do you yeah. know I don't, I don't get I it. It's just, right. it's just there. But it's just there because he can't have sex. It's there to frustrate him and make him feel uncomfortable. And in doing so, it makes it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But not because I'm in any way a prude or anything like that. It just, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, that's and the problem. It, when it's not yeah. funny. Yeah, if yeah. it's funny then fine. You know, there's plenty of, there's plenty of films that deal with things like. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Older people having sex, parents having sex, like something like, you know, have you, like this is 40, the kind of, kind of sequel to 40-year-old virgin with Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann. That deals with stuff like that. It's, it's hilarious. It's really, really funny because they show you a, kind of real life situations and they show you the trials and tribulations of what they're going through and they, and they show you the fact that the main thing is that all the a lot of the characters in it are likable but in this apart from the lead there's there's just an absolute shower of bastards of characters like it, you just wouldn't want to spend any time with them it wasn't pleasant being with them in the film so to speak it's flatmate not only is he an arse he's an, he's an absolute scumbag they, and they treat women like they treat women, the male characters in the film treat women like disposable sex objects. And then the female characters in the film who aren't the lead treat themselves like disposable. It's really strange. Like, because they want to win this money because they put this bet on how long he can last, female staff just start trying to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. Xerox in their asses. Yeah, Xerox in their axes. Yeah, yeah. It's I have actually... got a question. Go ahead. Question. Why did Matt take that Xerox home with him? Because he takes yeah. it home with him, doesn't he? To show, right? Yeah. And I want, yeah. yeah. One thing I will, you know, give him is that obviously, if that happened, you know, you're two lads and you're like, well, obviously, I'm really stressed right now, but this is hilarious. And obviously, I've got to show Ryan because he's my best mate or whatever. But other than that, I was like, why did he take it home? Is he going to look at that later? Does he want I mean, <laughs> how did you feel as a woman watching it? Because I, maybe the, the, the female characters are in it because they're trying to show them being sexually empowered or trying to show them, you say, having having power over male characters. It's not empowering, though, but to it's not. be yeah. dominant over male characters in that way. Like, Matt is clearly in a rough place. He's doing this Lent thing because he was in a bad place. His mental health is, like, in the pit sort of thing. And they're completely abusing that. Like, they're seeing a desperate man and abusing it because they, you know, like they know they're sexy. They know that all they have to do is show a bit of thigh or whatever, and he's going to sort of lose it. Uh, so there's nothing empowering about that. I didn't find any of the female characters particularly empowering or motivational in any way. Even Erica, I know you said there that she might be one of the more likable ones, but I didn't think so. Like she kept talking about her awful previous relationship choices, you know, the <laughs> drug dealers or selling her stuff. And Matt goes to it, it's like, where do you find these guys? And she's like, oh, I don't. They just always find me. Like not taking any responsibility. Don't for go out with them then. Whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, babe, honestly, you can't just say, oh yeah, the, the shit guys, they just find me. I can't help it. It's like, no, you're walking into those relationships. So I feel like her, just a lot of her choices were really questionable. And sometimes she didn't treat Matt very nicely. When she finds out about the bet, she really kicks off. And I was like, first of all, you haven't even known each other that long. So yeah. hold up. This bet was in place before he met you. He doesn't owe you anything. And also, I think it's really admirable for a young guy in his 20s who is otherwise very sexually active 
to get rid of all that, including masturbation. Mm. That is a big challenge. That is Everest he's given himself to climb there. And she just, I don't it's know, very just straight. Go him about it. Yeah, because she she turns around and she kind of makes it up. She almost makes it about seven. Says, "Is this some sort of bet to see how long you can, you know you can go without sleeping with me?" And it, he isn't making any bets. Like it, the bet thing is is nothing to do with him. He's just saying, "I'm having no form of sex in any way for forty days." And I suppose the biggest issue for me is, and it's something that does come up quite a lot in in films, and it's an issue with, with the script or the development, which is. There is no reason why he can't tell her. He just doesn't. And he says to her, it's kind of a throwaway line where he says, you know, I thought you'd think I was crazy or, you know, find you unattractive. But if you, if you just said, oh, just so you know, I'm currently doing Lent and I'm not having sex for 40 days, it, like, would she not just go, all right, okay. Like, it was, that's not, like, it's not. And if, I suppose another issue as well, like back, back to you talking about, female characters okay maybe it's not that Eric is more likable maybe it's just she's less unlikable mm. but how would the film pan out if a female character didn't have sex for 40 days and loads of male characters were then <laughs> trying to have sex with her yeah I mean it culminating exactly. in, her, in the main character getting raped it's just it's very it's a bit almost a little bit tone deaf I think it's a little bit poorly judged and I think at the time, it probably all seemed okay, but we just know now that things are a little bit more aware. But this, the, the kind of bracket of, yeah, but time has passed, so you can't really blame the film, only goes so far for me. And, and this does kind of cross into the, the realms of, like, that was that actually okay at the time? I don't know. It, it's, it's a really strange one. It's almost, it's aged poorly, and you can give it some you know, a little bit of leeway in terms of, of when it was made, but not completely forgive it, I suppose. It just, it really does cross a line, I think. I think you can look at stuff and think, oh yeah, that's just aged poorly, but there is a, there is a difference. And like, I think back to, you know, back to 2002 and think, would, would I, like, was that okay then? It's like, well, no, it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. Did you think there was a little bit of... um a little a little bit of homophobia in there as well and again i'm not i'm not looking for stuff to criticize the film with but one of the things i thought that back to what i was saying about it was not okay at the time there are lines in there about i think his flatmate or one of his colleagues says to him something like if you don't kiss her on the first or second date that's fine by the third date you're you're gay basically okay, okay. and then maggie gillenhall's character said who is Erica's flatmate says, she said, she, Erica says something to him, to her in a private conversation about, it's really nice to be treated as an equal. And she says something about, yeah, because he's, you know, she makes a reference that he's gay because he, he's not having sex with her. But I don't know, like, that's a, that's a very strange leap to make, isn't it? You know, he's not having sex for 40 days, therefore, you know, he, he must, must be gay. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, yeah. About, what about him not having sex makes, makes him gay? Yeah. It's just a really strange, it's just one of those things, it's just clear that it, it was a little bit tone deaf and a little bit not thought out. Like, no one's gone. That's probably, like, that's not really accessible. And I know around the time, if you watch older sitcoms, I know people have, I, I don't really watch Friends, but I know people have commented that there's a lot of 
what you might call gay panic. So is it, is it Chandler and Joey? They have this whole thing, you know, they're really, really close, but they don't want to be gay. There's a lot of it in uh, Scrubs. So I really love Scrubs, but it's very much clear when you watch it now, it was made in the early 2000s because there's a lot of gay panic in that as well. Characters who are straight, who have this strange paranoia that they might be gay as if that is a bad thing. And I think by treating sexuality in that way, you know, it's, it's, clear, it's clear to see how far we've come now. Yeah, certainly, certainly, which is the one, the, the one redeeming thing. I mean, obviously, we've still got miles and miles to go, but if you, if you do compare even to a couple of decades ago, I would like to think that there has been vast improvement. If, if this was made now, I'd, well, I'd be... It I, wouldn't, it wouldn't, I reckon... You just don't think it'd get made at all? Yeah, I think it would get made, surely not. Not in, not in the way that it's being delivered. In a, maybe, maybe with different undertones and exploring different things. Sell it. You can't sell this as a rom com and then deal with some of the things that it does. It just it, the whole thing just felt in bad taste. It certainly, if they did make it now, you'd have to certainly have a look at that script and make it a little bit cleverer in in its execution. For example, maybe if you had a male and female character doing it at the same time and made it, you know, will they won't they their friends, but actually they, you know, a little bit. If you look at something like a Zack and Miri make a porn or something like that, which I know probably has issues as well because that isn't that much longer after this, but if you do that kind of thing, two friends, they live together, they both decide not to have sex for 40 days, but actually they really like each other. I don't know, maybe you could do it like that, you know, or... No, I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I just don't think it'd get made now. Maybe if the characters, if the side characters, the, you know... The, all the work colleagues and etc. If they all had more depth to them, so maybe if you know the girls are throwing themselves on him because that's how they've been treated their whole lives and they have self esteem issues and they're doing it because they think that's what they're meant to do because that's what society has told them or whatever things like that because they sort of tried it sort of with Matt's boss. So he's saying mm. like he's really unhappy because he and his wife aren't having sex. And so you've got two routes you can go down here, right? You can either go down, oh, let's really get to know this man. Like, why can't he be intimate with his wife? What are their issues? Have they been married a long time? Has the spark gone? Are they treating each mm. other nicely? Or you go down the other route, which is the man blaming the woman for not wanting to have sex with her. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. frigid. She's this. She's that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you sound like you're a joy to be around. That's going to get anyone wet, seriously. And they Every... went down that route, didn't they? Every mate, like you say, you could do that, couldn't you? The spark's gone out of the marriage, so bring in a little bit of feel good where they rediscover being attracted to one another and, you know, start having sex again. It wouldn't be difficult to do that. So I think it's interesting, like you say, every male character in this film is entirely sex mad. Yes, yeah, very much. It's, it's, it's bizarre. Like, they literally... I'm not saying people aren't sex mad, but... They're like, they're sex pests. They are, yeah, certainly. Because his roommate, like, he's, he's like filming girls, like filming them up their skirt. He's upskirting at one point, I think. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he, he tells her, does he tell a woman that he's trying to get into bed that he is doing what Matt's doing? Yeah, yeah, he's trying, yeah. So he's <laughs> holding a book and he's got his glasses yeah. on. He's like, I just want to feel that connection with the world or whatever it is. And she's like, is it working? And he's like, oh, it's working. <laughs> and then obviously they're having loads of sex. Yeah, really just deceitful. 
Yeah, really. So like really sex mad male characters and, and really like quite gullible female characters. I like to think we've really moved on from this trying to trick people to have sex with you or like to, having to lie about yourself or whatever for people to have sex with you. I feel like that doesn't happen in films as much. I feel like you do get a bit sometimes in TV shows where it's always just like played off as like a funny bit. But I don't really want to see that. I don't want to see people having to trick people to have sex with them. It's, it's like such a violation. And I feel like we should all be able to relate to it and all be able to empathise with it. So stop making films about it. <laughs> they have. It's, <laughs> this was nearly 20 years ago. We're fine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I suppose you could say that there's a tongue-in-cheek element to it, which go, again, like we're saying, like about the kind of giving it some leeway. There is a tongue-in-cheek element but it just only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not funny enough. The the story isn't strong enough and the characters aren't whole enough, I think, for it to work. Like you say, the script lacks a little bit of subtlety. You know, at the end, when he's close to the, to the end of the 40 days, there's literally a scene where he's just walking around seeing naked women. Yes, yeah, because he's delusional. Because he's delusional, but, you know, there's an opportunity there to make it more um, subtle. You know, I don't have it, you know, showing, you know, you use kind of phallic imagery or something like that 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 makes it, you know what they're saying, but they're not just going, "Look look at all these tits. Well, like in, uh, that makes me think of 500 Days of Summer, you know, yeah. after they have sex and he's got, and he's singing and dancing and that, brilliant, love yeah, that. Bit. Yeah, something <laughs> like that, yeah. So so some, something like that, or, or why is why is everyone not naked? You know, why is it just, the, and why why are all the women young and attractive? Yes, yes, of course. It's just, I just think it just lacks a little, like, I think it's what we've already said, it's just a bit toned there. So we'll move on to talk about the critical reception then. So um, how do you think it did, like, in general? Um, I mean, maybe, like, at the time, it did okay with the teenager audience, possibly. Maybe the slightly older, like, in their early 20s, I'm not sure. Um, but, but, like, watching it again, I mean, it wasn't really that pleasant an experience, to be completely honest. And I feel like the way I would have rated it when I was younger is certainly different to how I would now. Um, but in terms of what it got, what other people thought, like, you know, do people think it's like a bit of fun and that it is like one of those sort of rom-coms? I don't know. like maybe, Tongue in cheek kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so maybe like around the six mark possibly, but I, I would probably give it less than that, I think. I don't even know if I would rate it at all. I don't know. <laughs> you saying it's zero? <laughs> oh yeah, no, sorry, nothing can be zero. Nothing can be zero. <laughs> um, so it gets uh, on IMDb at time of recording, it gets five point six out of ten, and on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it forty three percent, and the critics give it thirty nine percent. So, I mean, I mean, what do we think? I mean, that's obviously a little bit lower than well, the IMDb is fairly close to what you said. Rotten Tomatoes is a lot lower. I mean. I think I I would probably say overrated, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I think I would a little bit too as well. After after going back to it, I did wonder, you know, this was the question that I wanted answered as well. Like, how would I feel now? And yeah, definitely. Like, just just really sort of obnoxious. Yeah. The problem for me is, regardless of the fact that it's not 
aged well. You take those elements away and, and think of it as a comedy. It's not funny. So because it's not funny, regardless of whether it was funny then, it's, it's not, I, don't, I can't imagine enjoying it then. I can't, I, I, as in, I, I just don't think it's got, it's got no jokes in it. Because the humour seems to be mostly based on making Matt's life a misery as well. Like he is yeah. the, the joke. I mean, but having said all that, Josh Hartnett's performance was very, very good. And I think, you know, give him kudos for that. I completely agree. His performance is good. There's a concept there. There's a, there's, a, there's a good comedy in there somewhere, but it's aged horribly. The script is, you know, pretty bad. And the characters, as a result of the script, are pretty unlikable in general. Yes, agreed. So there we go. That's one to add to the um, overrated pile, actually, isn't it? It's not, we don't, we don't get that many of them. So, Josh, what are we watching next week? So next week, we will be watching a film called The Commitments. Okay, okay. Is, I'm not uh, familiar with that, I don't think. It's an Irish-made kind of musical comedy. And I'll say okay. no more about it, because if, you, if you're not familiar with it, you, I think you'll be in for a treat. Listen, no offence, Josh, but you keep saying you don't like musicals, and this is the second musical you picked. Get your story straight. Oh, what, what was the other musical I picked? Hercules. Oh, shit, yeah. No, well, it's not, it's not, it's not. You'll see when you watch it, it's about a band, but it's not a musical. Okay, but brilliant. It, but it's got music in it. Just, well, you'll know what I mean. I don't dislike <laughs> musicals. <laughs> um, yeah. So get in touch if you, uh, if you think we're wrong about 40 Days and 40 Nights, or if you've got another film you want us to do, or just get in touch. We'd like to hear from you. We're, we're on filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. If you've got a film you'd like us to, to do, then get in touch. Uh, we're also on Twitter at films underscore that, and we're on films and that pod on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Alice, thank you very much for joining me. Josh, absolute pleasure as always. Tune in next week for the commitments. Uh, cheerio. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.